Mishmi Yud Gimel, I want your holy eyes to see it, page 244. Lay your holy eyes on these holy words, 244. It's Mishnah Yud Gimel. I want you to keep this in mind. Listen, then you'll do it. I want you to keep this in mind. Whenever in Avais you see a Mishnah number, you can get confused. Because we could say Mishnah Yud Gimel, and then you're looking up and you say, I could have sworn it was Mishnah Yud Gimel, and it won't be Mishnah Yud Gimel. The Mishnah is, it doesn't matter what Mishnah, you can make up whatever you want. So different prints have different number Mishnah. So don't get confused. You'll see Mishnah Yud Gimel, and you'll be convinced another place. I like learning from Svarim I grew up learning from. Because to me, from my memory, I'm a very visual learner, and I remember how it looked. And if I use a different safe, like Tzuris Hadaf, where it was, it throws me off a safer that like changes the Tzuris Hadaf on us. Because I'm, I'm very visual in my learning. I always, what Gemara's I learn, I make visuals in my brain. I, I'm an artist like Gedalia, just not a physical artist. I draw pictures, Gedalia. I learn a Gemara, I visualize a scenario. So I like the page and how it looks. In Avais, when you see Mishnah Yud Gimel, in another version, it could be Mishnah Chaf. And it varies a lot. It doesn't matter what you call a Mishnah. You could break it up how you want. So don't get confused with that. But it's in Perak Aleph. In this version, it's Mishnah Yud Gimel. And it says, I need you to put your holy eyes on this Yosef. Just really look on with him. It says, Who are you, Aymer? Hillel said, Let's see a Shailah. I want to give Shaila mine. He passes to Shaila, and you pass that one to me. Thank you so much, Shaila. Who are Yaimer? Hillel was one to say, Hillel would say, Nigid Shemei Avid Shemei. Nigid Shemei Avid Shemei. Every, I want everybody to memorize those four words and I want you to live them your whole life. So everybody together say it. Negid Shemei, Avid Shemei. Cool words. Negid Shemei, Avid Shemei. What do those words mean? It's one of the most complex, really one of the complexities of our life. One of the complexities of our life is does reputation matter? very fascinating question of our lives, does reputation matter? I tell people, and it has to be said so carefully, I say in the yeshiva we don't care about reputation, and it's not a true statement, and you have to speak the truth, so I try to like explain it, that we chose not to care, we do care, and you're supposed to care, and it's unhealthy not to care. Often a guy who doesn't care about reputations, a guy, it's funny, Nevardik teaches people not to care too much about reputation. I have seen people coming from a very bad place who don't care about reputation. There's a certain guy who's been hurt, type of guy who's been hurt by society, he'll walk without shoes, he'll be hippie-like. What he's saying to society is, you hurt me, society, and take this, I don't care about you anymore. That is dangerous, wrong, and completely ineffective to say to society, you've hurt me and I'm shut down from you. So I'm going to do the opposite. The Gemara in Kedushin, our Masechta, says that people do certain things. You're not considered part of society. So what? You see, it's a bad thing. Chazal say it's bad. You're not part. A person, Hashem wants to live here 
and be impact, impact society, to connect the society, to have an impact. And part of impact, there's a guy who wrote a book, we don't need Goyish source, we have Tyra. A person has to be vulnerable. And you have to care what people think. There's actually a Chi of the Raisa. The Chi of the Raisa comes from the following Pasuk. It says, Moshe Rabbeinu says to Bnei God of Bnei Ruvain, to the two Shvatim who wanted to live in Eivar Ayardin. They didn't want to go to Eretz Yisrael. They wanted to live in Eivar Ayardin before we passed over into Eretz Yisrael, the Jordan. They, they liked the land. It was very attractive for them. They had a lot of sheep. They were very wealthy. And they needed that space. So Maishu Rabbeinu said, you have to swear that you'll come fight. God was tremendous warriors. And in order to get every Yad in the Gemara Kedush, in Armasech, the third parak, you have to swear that you'll fight with the Jewish people. Says Maishu Rabbeinu, if you fight with the Jewish people, the Yisem Nikiyim, then you'll be innocent, you'll be, you'll be knocky, you'll, 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 prove, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be okay, you'll be in the right. May Hashem may Yisrael from God and the Jewish people. If you fight, you fulfilled your obligations. Klape Hashem and klape the people. Ask Chazal, why did Moshe Rabbeinu say you'll have filled your obligations? Klape, who cares what others think? The Yisem Nekim. My, my wife once told me, she said, somebody was upset at me. She said, Daniel, I don't mind who's upset at you as long as one condition, be right. If you're right, I'll be on your side. I'll just make, please make sure you're right. Isn't all that matters is between me and God, I did the right thing? And the answer is no, unequivocally. Hashem himself tells us, David, it's not enough to be right. A guy can say, I'm completely right. A guy came to me. True story. A guy came to me. He looked like one of the most beaten human beings I've ever seen in my life. True story. Came to my house. He physically looked like a destroyed man. I'm not talking about he had bruises. I'm talking about a broken spirit. He had been the rub of an out-of-town city. And he was trying to, to, you know, to, do, to accomplish things. And they beat him up. They emotionally, they beat him up, spit him out, and threw him out. So his thing was, I, mean, I just did the right things. I answer to God and God alone. People don't like it. I'm right. So what? Who cares what people think? And the answer is it's not true. It's not true. It matters what people think. And the Torah itself tells us this. It's not enough to be right in regards to Hashem. Because Maisha tells B'nai God and B'nai Ruben, if you fight, you'll have been innocent and you'll be righteous in the eyes of Hashem. And and the Jewish people will see you as right also, as righteous. Says Chazal, we learn from here that it's not only a chiv to be right, it has to be understood. The Chsam Soifi used to cry when he read this Pasuk. He said, it's hard enough to do what's right, I have to be understood also, and the answer is yes. You have to not just be right, people have to understand you. That's your obligation. The Yisem Nikim Hashem Umei Yisro. Yidn have to understand your actions. It has to make sense to people. And that's a key of an obligation. So if you ask, does reputation matter? The answer is unequivocally yes. So what's this nevardic that we teach people not to care such reputation? It doesn't mean you don't care at all. You do care. 
And when somebody makes himself that he doesn't care, it's a certain type of sickness. It's a sick, not well person. He's not part of the world, which is a terrible thing. We're supposed to be part of the world and lift off the whole world. And the guy who has a sense he's been hurt by the world, and I'm out, and he walks around without shoes and socks, and he has a sense of, I'll show the world he is wrong. Because I want this elev- Hashem wants this elevated person to elevate the world and to be part of the world. The word is that people, it's all a question of what level you put it on. I'll give an example. Two shuls are looking for a Rav, Rabbi Say. Do you know, you, anybody, a sophisticated person looking for a Rav, you make a list. And you put five things on your list, you vote in the Tzibur, and you have come up with a list of five things we want. Do you know... Two shuls can have the exact same five things on their list and come up with the exact opposite rub. The question is what's number one, two, three, four, five? A certain type of shul, number one, is charisma. Charismatic means well-spoken, a people gay, that's number one. Number two would be good, you know, a good speaker. Number three would be Talmud Chacham. Number four, in another shul has the same five lists, but number five is charisma. It all depends what order you put it. Because depends what order you put it is what's more important than what. And the recipe changes and the, who, the, who the rub is changes. What's the dominant feature and what will a little have a little more of the other. And you might look for all five things and want all five things. But what's the most What's the dominant feature? In one shul, Talmud Chacham will be the dominant feature. Tzaddik will be the second. Those things will be dominant, the other is number five. And where you put it makes all the difference. Reputation is so complex because it's important to care about your reputation. Your mechoyev midaraisa, God commands that you're worried. I have a mentor who said to me, Kalish, that you're obligated in running your school to care about reputation. A mentor who I trust, who has Yerushalayim. But the word is that we chose, we don't put it higher than other things. The fact that a bacher could, could steig and a guy's success comes before reputation, well before reputation, what order do you put it in? Where does it fit in? Values. It's a value, but it's not the most value. And where you put it, Dov, it makes all the difference. Reputation matters. That's why it's such a complex subject. But when you put it in front of other truths, you make grave mistakes. You can't mistake how important it is, where it goes in the line of things. This Mishnah Hillel said, Negid Shemei. A Negid is a leader, is a prince. Negid Shemei, if you care too much about your name, you want a princely name, Avid Shemei, you lose your name. If you're too into reputation, you will not have a good one. You want a good reputation, often forget about reputation. Do what's right, do what's true. I'll tell you a mindset with my Rebbe. This story is like precious to me. It speaks so much to the courage of my Rebbe, to the realness of my Rebbe, to authentic Yiddishkeit, and understanding that sometimes reputation is not what you're supposed to think about. A friend of mine was getting married to a girl, and his parents were opposed to the shidduch, and didn't go to the wedding and asked the whole family from going to the wedding. My Rebbe failed to go to the wedding, losing the support probably. I don't know if he lost support, I assume. The parents were wealthy people. My Rebbe could not give a hoot about money. 
Baruch Hashem, he does what's right. If he went to the richest donor of the yeshiva, and there's stories like this, and the guy's payas was short, he would say very sweetly, Rav Yid, your payas are short. He's not somebody who flatters for money, he's a person of truth. What's the truth? He's an honest person, who if the guy's payas are short, Rav Yid, your payas are short. He's not a flatterer, he's an honest, truthful person, Rabbi Baruch Hashem. It doesn't sell out for money. So, the parents were wealthy people and were supporters. I don't say he lost support, I have no idea. But I assume they asked her, the whole family from going to the wedding. My Rebbe went to the wedding and I'm at the wedding, my Rebbe. His whole family was not coming to the wedding. His parents didn't want the wedding to happen. So it was a wedding missing the whole Chassan side of the family. At the time of the chuppah, a little before the chuppah, the plan was that a, another Rebbe with his wife were going to walk the chassan down the aisle. My Rebbe was being Masad Dushan, so the Masad can't walk down, he's waiting under the chuppah. Another Rebbe and his wife are going to walk the chassan down. All of a sudden, at the wedding, an aunt breaks ranks and she shows up to the wedding. An aunt, the Tzadikas, she broke ranks. The whole family was asked from going to the wedding. She felt it wasn't right. She's going to her nephew's wedding, giving love. And she says she's the only close relative. I'm walking him down the aisle. She's alone, though. You need a man and a lady. I'm walking down the aisle. Now, the one problem is, is unbelievable. She came. She forgot to bring clothing to the wedding. She was, she was kemat not dressed. Hashem Yerachim. She wasn't this lady who was kemat not dressed. And she said, this aunt, I don't, you know, she, she didn't bring much, much of clothing to the wedding. And she says she's walking him down the aisle. So my Rebbe says, now he needs a man. The chas is not walking down just with a lady. He needs a man to go to the So my Rebbe felt any man, he should look normal for the other side. Say, so ask the Rebbe, instead of walking with your wife, can you walk? Understandably, the Rebbe thought it would feel a little odd that you on one side and a lady not dressed. So I saw them negotiating and the Rebbe didn't want to. And then I sat down waiting for the chuppah. I did not know what was going to happen. Me and my friends in one of the great moments of our life almost fainted. When walking down the aisle was my Rebbe, is up, head, and long on one side, smiling proudly, walking his student down the aisle, his Talmud. And on the other side was a lady. I still try to figure what the other side saw in this most fascinating couple they ever saw in their life. You have an up hat and an older man, such a distinguished looking man. And on the other side, a lady who forgot her clothing it was fascinating. And they walked on Rebbe, no issue. If you're too much into your name, you'll lose your name. It's not the time to worry about reputation. It's the time there's a chassan. It's the time there's a chassan who needs, who deserves, who has every right to feel like a regular chassan. And, and at that time, you care too much about your name, you lose the name. It's a very shvuas Indian. Shvuas because we're going to read the story of Rus. And the story of Rus, one of my favorite parts of the story of Rus, the whole story is just delicious, and we'll learn it. But one of the parts of Rus that just, it's just so awesome, is you have this Moavi girl, you have to understand, Rus is from Moav. Moav is a girl, could you imagine, I read a shidduch, I tell Gedalia, I have this girl for you, I'm, she's unbelievable. Gedalia says, what's her name? We'll get to you, we'll get to Gedalia. I say, well, her name, her name is Rachel. Not so bad, Gedalia. What's her family name? I want to check it. Um, you know, I try to like hold off Gedalia, but I'm telling you, this girl, I speak about her mindless. She's such a wonderful girl. You never met a girl like this. Rebbe, what's her family name? Gedalia, I'm telling you, the girl, what's her family? Well, you marry her, it will be Snyder. No, 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 Rebbe, what's her, mari- what's her name, last name now? It will be Snyder if you marry her. The bottom line is I finally break to Gedalia a few minutes before he goes out. She's an unbelievable girl, by the way. 
such special. Her last name is Rachel. Her last name is Rachel Hitler. That's her last name. She's a granddaughter. I'm sorry, but I'm telling you about Tzadikas. She's about Balas Tshuva. She's unbelievable. Rachel Hitler. I'm telling you, she's such. You have to understand, but if you don't know about the Jewish people, Maya was despised by us. Absolute fierce enemy of the Jewish people. And you have to understand that Rus is a Moyavite. She's from Moyav, our despised people. She's a German granddaughter of the Nazis. That's who Rus is, just to understand. Many of Klal Yisrael, Tzadikim amongst them, held that she's not allowed to marry a Jew. It was unclear, it was a machlaikis. Can a Moyavi girl marry a Yid? Mo, we Paskin, yeah, it's only a Moivi guy. Only Hitler can. His girls can marry a kid. That's how we Paskin. So this despised girl, she's a Giyaris. She's poor beyond belief. She's collecting tzaka. She's. I, I want to add just to know a little more about Rachel Hitler. At last night's chasna, she was like the lady in the lady section. She was collecting very nicely. She really collected money in such a sneeristic way. She's collecting this, like, really solid shit. I'm telling you, she's a great girl, Gedalia. She collected at last night's wedding in a very humble way. She's really sneeristic, so she's collecting. <laughs> she's in a really good profession. What does she do? Like, what college she go to? She's not really in school. Not really in school. She collects for a livelihood. You know, this, this is not like the... This is Rus. And the shidduch is read to a guy. Does anybody know who has read the shidduch before Bayaz? I'm happy nobody answered because we don't know his name. His name is Pliny. His name is Pliny. His name is anonymous. Now the guy, you know why none of you know his name? Because of this Mishnah, because he cared too much about his name. The anonymous guy said, Mr. Anonymous, who none of us know his name, said it will kill my name if I marry. This isn't great for, you know, family reputation. I'm not sure how well my other daughters are going to do when Rachel Hitler marries into the family. It might not bode very well for the other daughters. So Anonymous, who wants to protect his name, so Anonymous, to protect his name, says, I really can't do that, it's bad for reputation, said Anonymous, who we don't know his name, and nobody in history knows his name, said the guy, because bad for my name. Do you get what Hillel taught us? Nagid Shemei, if you're too much into your name, Avid Shemei, you have no name. One of the reasons I don't like publicity for the yeshiva, and if it happens, it happens, but I don't like it, I don't want articles, I don't like publicity, is because the focus on publicity is a death knell. Nagid Shemei, if you're too busy how your name looks, is it important? Do you have to worry about reputation? Yes and yes. When you overput too much into it, you destroy your name. Very, very unhealthy. Now notice it matters your name. Otherwise, what's the Mishnah saying? Anybody, a thinking person who says, okay, reputation doesn't matter, didn't listen well to the Mishnah. It says if you're too into your name, you lose your name. Who cares? I don't care about my name. The answer is you do care about your name. Toiv shame, toiv mishem and toiv. A good name is important. Except don't put too much into it. It's not high up on the list. It's important. It's there also. When it supersedes other people's cheshbonus, you throw out that bacher because it's bad for reputation. You murdered somebody because of reputation. You murdered a yid, he's bad for how it looks for you. You didn't take a yid, he's bad for reputation. That is tragic. And the answer to that is, you'll be like the last guy who was saving his name that none of us know his name. And Boyaz is the Godel Adar, 
and Bayaz is undisturbed to marry Rus. And forever and ever, Bayaz is Zeiche, that he partnered with Rus to produce Mashiach Yisrael. And he's famous forever for producing Mashiach Yisrael, because this great giant Bayaz is not embarrassed by names, is not worried about reputation does not fall prey to putting it before things that are more important. So it's a very complex sugya. It's not a sugya that says to everybody here, forget what the world thinks, don't you dare. Don't you dare forget what the world thinks. It's important to care what people think, to be sensitive and attuned to what people think, to do things in a way that people can understand. Never fife on the world. Never say, I don't care about the world. Chas v'shalom. What you should say is in priorities, there are things that come first. And if something's true and important, the reputation, I hear, I care. A Barcha says, I want to go to Waterbury. So the mother says, it's going to be bad for Shadduchim. It's not, I couldn't care less what people think. I do care what people think. But mom, I want to be from, that's I think more important. Let me be from. I want to be a tzaddik. I want to grow. I think that supersedes. It's not an attitude. I don't care. Who cares that my thinks? Of course we care what people think. You're mechoyiv to care what people think. But when you place it before things that are truer, things that, and, and what's, what comes first, the person has to think. When he places it before things that this is more important. When a guy's thinking of the yeshiva, and everybody's a sensitive and attuned, this, this one has a better reputation. I get a better ah factor when I say I'm going to yeshivas, huh? and I go to another yeshiva, I don't get the same reaction. It's important what people think. One second, but maybe it would supersede if I'll do better in a place, and has better impact on me, that comes first. Always putting first the right things. All our life, very young, unsophisticated people think the battle of life is between good and bad. That's for unsophisticated, coarse people. Life struggles are good and bad. Sophisticated people, the main struggle of life is between good and better. Between something that's very good, but it's not the best. The enemy of the best is the good. It's very good, but it's not the best. It's a very good thing to do. It's very nice. It's wonderful to do, but it's not the best thing. Do the best thing. Nagid Shimei is a person who puts reputation way too high up. Avid Shimei loses his name. He has no reputation anymore. He loses, he completely loses his reputation. I don't say there's the only pshat in, the, in this Mishnah for it's not. I just say it's the best pshat. I say it's the pshat that I want to focus on today. This pshat, Nagid Shimei, Avid Shimei. You're too much into reputation, Avid Shimei. You don't have reputation. This yeshiva's had siyata deshmaya beyond belief. I feel, one of the reasons is we've chosen long ago not to prioritize reputation. It matters and we care about it, but we don't put it in front of other things. When you put it in front of other things and you sacrifice lives, and you sacrifice will of Hashem, and you put it in place that I don't believe it belongs to be put, ironically, you have no reputation. That which you were striving to protect. Keep in mind, Mr. Anonymous also cared reputation and didn't marry Rus. And forever and ever, he's relegated to being not known. He has no reputation at all. No, he has no reputation at all. He has no reputation at all. And forever and ever, this Mr. Anonymous has no reputation because he overly cared about reputation. That's something to always keep in mind. Do what's true. Do what's true. Do what's right. I have seen people choose a shidduch for the three and a half minutes that his friends are going to be excited. 
that is great answer. Whoa, prestigious for superficial reasons. He forgets the long-term truth. She's going to be your wife, the mother of your children. You're going to sit in Olamaba at the same table forever. She's the one you're going to hang out with forever. The guy like forgets about that for the 32 seconds of his great aunt. Wow, some stupidity like that. Nagid Shemei, when you put reputation in a place it doesn't deserve to be put, Avid Shemei, you lose your name. Don't ever forget that. Don't forget where you come from, Rabbi. See, you came from a yeshiva, and you have shtaged all your life, remember it. You were in a place that was, that Besiata the Shmaya success in unbelievable ways, because it never put reputation in places I believe it shouldn't be put. And if something was bad for reputation, sometimes, sometimes, not an attitude of who cares about the world. I care very very much about the world, and the Torah's mitzavas care about the world. But sometimes something comes first. Bayaz cared what the world thinks. It wasn't an unhealthy pl- attitude of I don't care about the world. Five on the belt. Chas v'shalom. He cared. He was a Torahic person. But now is the time to say, I hear my Rebbe cared what people think. But now is the time. There's a chasn, and he st- stood there proudly, and his look, apparent Rebbeitzin on the other side didn't look so like him. Okay. Okay. So be it for right now, so be it. Right now, that's not the time for this right now. In the Varadik, that's what they will work on. Not producing people who don't care. Producing people who care but are strong enough not to care. Who are strong enough when it's important not to care. Very important sugi. The Messiah Sisharim speaks about this in Mishkala Hasidus. He says there's certain times not to do things because it doesn't it's not understood. And certain times to say it's against Allah, I don't care, it's not understood. And you have to weigh it. You're at your great aunt in 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 in, in, in Renana. Next year you're at your great aunt in Renana and she serves you a salad. And you're not allowed to eat it. She's going to be upset. It's not the time to care. Say it in the nicest way. And Sue, I can't have it. I'm sorry. I can't have it. I can't. Oh, bu- bu- bu. I, I'm sorry, and Sue. I love you so much. I have certain shame I eat from. You know, I'm a frummy. Make fun of yourself. Fine. A lady sticks her hand out you. And it's so embarrassing. It's in front of people. Chil Hashem. Lose my job. Bu- bu- bu. Embarrass her. All the, all the reasons. I'd give up my life. I would die before I shake her hand. I'll say in the nicest way. My Rebbe says to ladies, my wife doesn't let me shake pretty ladies' hands. He's older, he could say such a thing. In a nice way, you say it, but, but it doesn't matter. You have all the svaras of reputation. It looks bad. Nagid Shemei. If you care about your name in unhealthy place, Avid Shemei, you lose your name. You see people that are strong about what's right and true, and true is the opposite's true also. You want to have a good reputation, sometimes put aside reputation. The Gemara says an amazing thing in the Durham. The Gemara says, don't do things for honor. In the end, the honor will come. So it always bothered me. Why did the Gemara add that? Don't do things for honor. The Gemara in the Durham. Why does it stick in? At the end, the honor will come. You like blow with me when you tell me I'll be honored at the end. Why do you stick that in? Just say don't do things for honor. The answer is because we care about covered. Because it's important that the right things are respected. It's just not placed first. It's not placed first. It's not what's important first. Do what's right. I always wanted this yeshiva to say I I, I'd be upset if there'd be articles and papers about the yeshiva. Because I like it's better stay away from publicity. 
don't focus there. Don't focus there. At some point, it's not possible. Something as precious and true as you gets in. It's, it's unavoidable. And Hashem wants it. That's a Kiddush Shemayim. But don't put it a high priority. Very low down. That's this precious Mishnah that I think is, is vital for all our lives. Yes. That, that's the same word? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's different letters, different It means the same thing. That's what the end of a sentence. I'm, I, I'm not tremendous with the stuff, but that's what the end of the sentence Which one? The letter and the Kudos or Both. Um. And the Rebbe says, I made a bracha before. Yeah. So yeah. you're a self-conscious person? You don't get anywhere of yourself. He's doing a schiv daraisa. You're mechuyiv to be understood. If you made a shakal, you're mechuyiv to tell people you made a shakal. The Chavetz Chaim says, no lashon hara, that if a Rebbe speaks lashon hara, he should say it's letayel samaladu. Because you're mechuyiv, not because you're self-conscious. If you're self-conscious, you won't accomplish much. You're supposed to be secure, profoundly secure. The word is that Hashem may Yisrael, you have to be understood. Your chayyim is to be understood. It says in Sukkah, Davidon, that they built a Sukkah, this, the, the Shluchay Mitzvah, they were going to be to, to the Rebbe on the Red Hill, and they slept outside the Sukkah. And it says, Amrinon, they said out loud, Shluchay Mitzvah, but they were self conscious, they're sleeping outside. They weren't self-conscious, they were mechoyiv. Yisem nikim Hashem Yisrael. You mechoyiv not just to do what's right, you mechoyiv to be understood. That's a chayyim. Do we care what people think? Most definitely. Where it's put in our list, that's where the silly begins. Not as important as that. People who don't care are hardened people, are coarse people, and don't have an impact on the world. And ain't no minayishiv, it's a terrible thing to say on a person. He's not part of society. That's not a good zakadalia. Sometimes a guy's very hurt by society, takes on it. It's mixed up with Nevardik. I've seen it in the yeshiva. A guy will say he's a Nevardik. He's not a Nevardik. He's a hurt person. He'll say, I don't care like Nevardik. It's a world of difference. The Nevardik does care. The Nevardik does care. At times, he's strong enough that now I have to train myself to break that which I care about if something I care about more. To come to I don't care is not a hard thing. It just means you've been hurt by society and you stick your tongue out. If you're like that, you're not vulnerable and you can't impact. The, the cost of that is relationship. The cost of not caring is relationship. Sometimes a parent hurts us or somebody hurts us and we shut down. I don't care what you think anymore. And we can actually get ourselves to that place. I don't care. That's not a good thing. Be vulnerable. I do care. A husband should care when a spouse is a mean line and like kills him. The day he stops caring is the day he's divorced because he doesn't care anymore. He should care. I'm vulnerable. Vulnerability allows for relationship. To the world saying, I don't care. So you can't connect to the world. You can't impact the world. You're completely shut down. What do I? If somebody was hurt by society, he has to recover. He has to feel better about himself. He has to work on recovering and work on caring very much about society. But I'm stronger now. I, I can be vulnerable. I'm strong enough to be vulnerable. I do care. I care very much what people say. It's a big mistake we say, I sometimes say, but I don't explain it. Well, we don't care what people think. Of course we care. 
We care very profoundly. I want the whole world to understand what goes on here, how it works, why it works. I want to understand. It's just not placed in front of other things that are more important. Yeah, my Shlodesogia. Yeah. David Kler. Let's see the next thing. The next words are just as precious. This Mishnah. This Mishnah. I don't know if you're allowed to say this because every God, like, you're allowed to have a favorite Tana. I don't know if you're allowed to do that. Yeah, that says That gives me chizim. This Mishnah, like, I always feel that the last 150 years, the person I want to meet more than any person in the world is the Chavetz Chaim. I'm craving to meet him. I think I'm just going to go crazy from the Chavetz Chaim. Everything I hear, reading the lines and between the lines, I want to see and meet him. I want to schmooze them a little bit, the Chavetz Chaim. I am awed by the idealist who he was, the Chavetz Chaim. I always craved, I named my son Yisrael Meir after him. You're allowed to be selfish. I think Bishvili Nivraylam. It was a short few weeks later that video came out. I was so fired up. We got to see the Chavetz Chaim. Revezi always jokes with me because I, I have a lot of casts in me. I really don't, Baruch Hashem, but I am upset at that from me who blocked the camera in the middle. And Revezi once told me that's my El Tazedi, he says about himself. It's not <laughs> 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 Could be he was angry with our Emmer fight, but once told me that's my El Tazedi who blocked the camera. So Revezi once told me. I think that, if that, that from me knows how many Jews are angry at him. We're staring at the Chavetzayim in the only video we have of him on this planet. There, there are very few pictures. There are no great pictures. He didn't let pictures be taken of him. So there's two like side pictures that you could barely see of him. And we finally get a video that somebody like got of him by accident. And the Chavetzayim, Ritzayin Yirei of Yasa, Hashem listens to Tzadikim. So we finally get a glimpse of him. He picks up his head once. He stares at us. It's like freaky. And then when you're like soaking it in, a hand goes up and blocks the camera. <laughs> you know what's funny? In the picture, if you see it, he walks in and people are not responding to him. He was the God Lader. Him and, him and Reb Chaim Oizer. It's, it's very obvious. People are milling around and they're not responding. Today, the entire place would hush and run up them. It's obvious. He didn't let pictures taken. They didn't know it was the Chavetz Chaim. Remember, he lets no pictures taken him. It's not like today we have media and everybody knows. Reb Chaim Kenevsky, every Jew knows how he looks. I suspect, Rabbi Zon, I suspect nobody knew it was him. How would they know it's the Chavetz Chaim? Nobody saw how he looked. He walked in with his son on one side. I'm not convinced. If people knew it's got to be, they would all rally. That's what I think. <laughs> you heard that? He said there was a buzz, he's here, and then the hack, who is he? Remember, there were tons of beards there. Nobody knew which one was him. He's here. Everybody said he's here somewhere. So it wasn't so clear who he was. My suspicion, it can be he walked in, people are buzzing by him, and you don't see like the whole place. Like today, if that was a Chaim Reb Shmuel Kamenetsky came to Waterbury, the entire place, every step he took, the kids are running, the whole city was like buzzing when he was here after Shabbos. We didn't know who the Chavetz Chaim was, the Jews were always like that, our leaders, our great people, they buzz. But I always want to meet the Chavetz Chaim, Hillel's statements are so delicious, it sounds just so attractive. The Gid Shemavich, listen to the next one, next statement, Hillel said, Deloy Maisif Yosef. 
Deloy mice, if you don't add Yasef, you start losing. Yasef really means you die. Deloy mice, if Yasef, Yasef means you're gathered up, it means death. If somebody doesn't add death, always add, always add. Reb Miller was in his 90s. A successful life, successful life, he was looking to grow. The most beautiful people, we love Rebaron comes. Rebaron's beauty is he's like a 15-year-old yeshiva bach. He's open to it. If anybody knows him, his, his, his mahalach and chinuch changed. He's completely open-minded to it. He's like a 15 You see it once in a while. Some of the guys will learn better if guys learn next year. He's also like a 15-year-old bach. He's willing to add, he's willing to grow, he's willing to change, he's willing to loymaisiv yasaf. You don't add, you should be taken away. The purpose of life is to grow. Always be willing to add, to grow. Always seek to add to your game. People get, it's funny to say this to a chevra b'nei but you're young today and you're, one of the most beautiful parts of you is your willingness to add. People get to areas of life where they seem to plateau. I always say that the biggest gift of being around you guys, besides that you're fun, gishmak, and just full of chaos, but all of that is because of the willingness to grow. And older people can have, a, can have a tendency to get stale, to plateau. They're married, they have children, they have their job, and they are who they are. If you don't add yasaf, you deserve to be taken away. deserve to die. Hillel said that the purpose of life is to be myself. Add. Add to your game. Grow. Never hold on. I don't like Ben Azmanim. People say Ben Azmanim, like hold, hold what you got. I think that's a terrible line. Terrible. If your plan, Ben Azmanim, is to hold what you got, first of all, you won't. And second of all, you don't understand life. Myself. All of life, your thoughts are, what am I adding to my game? Pick up something new. People bein asmanim can have more aliyah than during this man, different aliyah. What are you adding to your game? One guy may work on kibbut avim, this time be better to my parents. One guy's a better brother to his sister, one guy's a better uncle, one guy's a better davener. Every, what are you adding to your repertoire? What are you adding to your game? If you're not in a matzav of growth, yasaf, a person deserves the forfeit life. The Hillel understood purpose of life is to grow. Somebody who's not in a maximum growing doesn't deserve that period of life. Yosef, it deserves to be taken away. There's no such thing as I'm trying to hold on. It bothers me. Guys come back from Eretz Yisrael with a sense, let me hold what I got. They're even told sometimes, hold on to what you got. That's, that's obscene. I have seen people go to work and they spend their lives trying to hold on to what they got. That is a recipe Then they don't deserve life. If you're not in a maximum of adding yasaf, the person doesn't deserve life. The purpose of the future years of all his life and the preparation was a preparation that he's always considered a maisif, somebody who's adding. I love the name Yosef Chaim, partly because I like we have a Yosef Chaim, a Yosef Chaim, what precious, but always adding through life. Always in a matzav, what am I bringing now? What am I trying to add to my game? It's never holding on. It's trying to improve, trying to... You'll pardon my warped sports mind. One of the things, a visual that I love, the baseball pitcher is a fascinating thing to me. Anybody knows about pitching, you're playing mind games, even underhand pitching. I liked watching Daniel. I like watching Ezra. You're completely playing mind games with the hitter. 
when you pitch, the pace of pitching, people see a pitcher throwing to first base, and you think, why is he throwing? The announcers sometimes are stupid, Red Brownstein. The announcers will say, this man's not going to the backup catchers on first base, and the pitcher throws over twice. Often, they're all different cheshbonis. Often, the cheshbon of the pitcher, I used to speak, we had a guy in the yeshiva who dreamt of being a major league pitcher. He was a lefty who threw at 85 miles an hour at 16 years old. Nachman Siegel, he's married, living in Buffalo today. He's a bent, a from person today, Chazdei Hashem. And we, I used to talk to Nachman about this. One of the art of pitching, the hitters, the hitters can crush the ball. These guys are the best hitters in the world. You can throw it hard. One of the arts of pitching is getting the guy off balance. They like getting pace. The best hitters foul it off. They go to three and two. And after the third pitch, their batting averages go to like 500. They become like 600 hitters. They're locked in. The pitcher, the smart pitcher remembers slow down, alter the pace. They want the hitter not to be comfortable. They'll throw over the first base to annoy the hitter that he loses rhythm. The hitter, you're facing a ball coming at 100 miles an hour to hurt rhythm. The hitter, the hitter is losing rhythm because the hitter is sitting there locked in, focused, visualizing what pitch is coming. The guys, as if I'm afraid he's going to steal, but they know as much as the announcers. Like, why do you throw to first base? That guy's going nowhere. They'll say it. That guy's going nowhere. And the reality is, yeah, they don't know. They're throwing the timing off the hitter. It is true. It's 100% true. It's a game of timing, and the hitter wants to be locked in. The pitcher, if you watch baseball, stands in too long, and the, and the hitter steps out. You think, I psyched out the pitcher. It's all the batter to get the hitter to lose his timing. They, the hitters do funny things. They, they kick up their leg. You wonder what they're doing. It's Everything is like timing. They shake the bat. They're getting into like a rhythm. Them, and the pitcher tries to distort the rhythm by altering when he pitches, how quickly he pitches. They do even wonder the pitcher sitting there licking his hand, rubbing up the ball. It's all rhythm. When you're facing a 99 mile pitch, it's everything's like getting into the mood. What I like is, everybody say, a good pitcher, when they're young, they throw the balls like they're these great throwers, and they're not good pitchers. I love watching the pitcher who develops from being a hard thrower to a pitcher. And all of a sudden, you see him altering how he pitches, what he pitches. He doesn't even go for strikeouts, the veteran. He wants to pitch longer in the game. The young guy trying to get strikeouts, the older guy who gets a ground ball on the first pitch, an enticing pitch. He, I like that point that you added to your game. It's in all sports. In baseball pitcher, I like it. Even in basketball, the great ones add to their game. All of a sudden, they come back after an offseason. The guy's a better three-pointer. The guy all of a sudden's a better defender. All of a sudden, like, where'd this come from? The great ones are always adding to their trade. They don't satisfy. They're good. They're great, but they add to their games. My wife and I, Lahavdal, Nishtoimim, from my tata, should live and be well, gesund. And my, my wife and I, Nishtoim, that he's always adding to his game. We see a person, you could, you could rest on your laurels. You're quite successful. You're doing well. You know, it's good. Never rest. I always say with the yeshiva, much like we demand of guys to change and add, I never want to be a place that rests on our laurels. I never want to say, we're good, get better. And the same demand, I say whatever is a demanding place, the guys have to improve. What's the yeshiva doing better? How did we improve? And always looking, upgrade. Never rest and say, we're good. Look, we have it. Chas v'shalom. How are you improving? What are you doing better now? What, what, what's done better? 
improve as an institution, improve as a private person. Never ever rest. I'm doing well. It's great you're doing well. Party and be happy. And then add. If you don't add, you deserve to be taken away. Yasef. It deserves to all be removed. He explained us the purpose of life is to be in a massive of adding. Always looking to add a new wrinkle to your game. What can I improve on now? I always liked, right, Overland used to hold me to this after an event. I was like in a celebratory mood. Givaldo, we had a great event. He always demanded to meet after an event to the Chazer what we should do better next time. I was like, it was great. What are we going to do better next time? To add a wrinkle, to add a point. We're Zaycha to have a leader today, to have a leader who gets this and always surprised that things are going well. All of a sudden, by the buses, there's, there's food now before the buses leave. All of a sudden, always adding a wrinkle. Whatever things are good. You don't add because things are bad. You add because you're alive. And Ray Brownstein, with tremendous thought, is always in a massive it's, some, it's something Shlomo to think about. All our lives, big companies, I, my son and I like reading books, Yaakov and I, and Yaakov has told me that many big companies fall, go belly up because they don't add wrinkles to their game. They, they're, they're, they're satisfied, and it's a sure sign a successful company will flop. They assume we're good, and then the market changes. If you watch what goes on today, it's fascinating, because the world's moving fast. So something, an invention of five years ago has come out like outdated today and doesn't work. So it forces your person to say, one second, things are going to change. Things are evolving and moving fast. What are you doing to keep up with the times? It's a great visual, if you don't like sports, if you like the business world, of Deloitte Maisif. If a person doesn't add Yasef, you don't deserve to exist. The purpose of life is to be Maisif. It's to always looking to upgrade. I love the, the visual of the new phone, the iPhone one, two, three, generation, 10, X, each thing gets up. What are you adding? What's your latest upgrade? That has to be in our lives. If a person doesn't add Yasaf, he doesn't deserve life. All of us, Rabbi say, have to always, all our lives. And what's beautiful about you is that you're in a matzav of your adding wrinkles. Every Bein Asmanim, a guy should say to himself, what am I adding to my game? It's never holding on. There's no such thing. Every period of his life, he comes back from Eretz Yisrael. Now he's dating as, what am I adding to my game? He might have a certain akud that could be subtle, it could be large, it could be... There's no such thing as, as small in Ruchnius. It's eternal. Anything times eternity is a quite a big number. As long as it's some number, it could be 0.01 times eternity. is a number you can't count. There's no small in Ruchnius. What are you adding to your game? What's your addition? Guy's going away for three days. Say, I'm taking a break from your shiv. What's your plan? There's got to be something you're adding. Maybe he's going to say the mincha on my vacation. I'm going to do a better mincha on my vacation. Excellent. Excellent. Eternal. Always add to your game. Always think about adding to your game. Solidifying, adding. Solidifying, adding. That's what Hillel taught us. The second statement of Hillel. We have two more statements, but we're not going to have time today. We will continue, Rabbi Seshkar, Rabbi Seshkar.